Welcome to The Web We Weave, a podcast created by us, students in David Morgan's new media writing class at Emory University. Each week this semester, we will explore the emerging set of protocols and cultural practices that have evolved around new technologies. How big is this new media universe? What are its limits? Who participates in it and why? How does it spread, converge, and form and obscure? And is it really all that different from the old media that has been tossed aside? In this postmodern, post-structuralist, post-truth period, many critics have resisted grand narratives or stable definitions in response to such questions. So each week, we will examine one publication that seems to be doing something interesting. Over the course of these 16 episodes, we hope to untangle the narratives a bit and decide where we are now. Hello, my name is Shivan Patel. And my name is Jose Medina. This week on The Web We Weave, we are going to focus on Rockstar's popular reality mirroring game, Grand Theft Auto, specifically Grand Theft Auto V. We'll refer to it by its common name, GTA V. For those of you who don't know what GTA is all about, the game gets its name from the original premise of stealing cars and delivering them to chop shops where they would go up for sale. And that's in the original GTA 1, but that was just GTA. Now, the gameplay is pretty different. It's set in the city of Los Santos, which is a parody on California's Los Angeles. In the game, you play as one of three characters. Franklin, a small-time thief. Trevor, an ex-con and stereotypical redneck. Or Michael, a wealthy ex-heist expert. You can then choose to play through a linear storyline in the game with some choices along the way. We'll talk more about that later. Or explore the free roam world, wreak havoc, simulate life, or play other minigames. That's really the part we really want to focus on. In this episode, we want to see just how realistic such a game can get. Why do people enjoy this aspect of the game and see it as a new experience? How do the realistic aspects and unrealistic traits in it make it more enjoyable? Coming to the podcast, I knew what GTA was but I had never actually played GTA 5, which is what we're gonna be discussing in this episode. And as I was playing, I was frequently asking Jose if I could do certain things throughout the game, because as, as I had never played it before, and pretty much anything I asked him, his answer was, yes, you can. And the fact that the game frequently makes you ask yourself, can I really do this, is the base aspect of the game that makes GTA what it is. I think that really adds to the reason why GTA is actually so successful. In fact, when it came out, GTA 5 broke seven Guinness World Records upon its release, two of which were the fastest entertainment property to gross $1 billion and the highest revenue generated by an entertainment product in 24 hours. And what that really means, just to put that in perspective, is GTA cost Rockstar Industries $265 million to create. That is the second most expensive game to be created of all time, only behind Bungie Industries' Destiny, which is another FPS shooter that's a massively multiplayer online video game. To really understand what this means, I think it's easier to look at movies. And if you consider GTA as a film product, it would actually be the fourth most expensive film ever made. Diving into the game, here's a clip from the first mission. 
There's two ways I see of doing this. We go in smart, or we go in loud and dumb. Remember the vents? If we're gonna be smart, we pump a little knockout gas through the air system, then hit the cabinets while everyone's out. You'll have to source the gas, of course, but crowd control won't slow you down, and that might improve the take. The cover is pest control, so no one will look twice when you're wearing gas masks. That means getting a pest control van, though. You go in dumb, and you'll need your, uh, famous way with people and four carbine rifles. But we can't buy them and risk them getting traced. No, 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 we've got to find some in circulation. It's awkward, it's, uh, <laughs> real awkward, but this is the gun favored by LSPD tactical teams, so one of their vans is probably a good place to look. A hacker can disable the cameras, and the length of time depends on their ability. The alarm will be operating on the same window. The exit strategy is more or less the same for both options. The driver you pick will, of course, source some bites. You come out of the store and make your way through the new subway tunnel they're digging off the Del Perro freeway. You lose the cops in there and meet a truck in the L.S. River. So how do you want to do this? Run in through the front door or try to play it smart? Some things never change. Select personnel with that in mind. As ever, the better they are, the bigger the cut. That was Lester. He's the mastermind behind the ridiculous heists you pull off in the game. This clip is a great example of the aspects that separates GTA in that you can tailor a mission how you see fit. You can choose to make it easier or make it more difficult but more exciting. As mentioned in the clip, there are different methods and different people you can actually choose to complete the mission. And each person comes with their pros and cons. For example, you can pay someone who's better at doing their job a larger amount, and so you make less money, but the job will most likely go easier. In other games like Call of Duty, you're essentially just given a list of tasks you have to do to complete the mission. In addition to the decision-making capabilities in GTA, the real-world similarities combined with the action in the game is what I think makes it so much more appealing to consumers. As mentioned earlier, the game is set in a mock Los Angeles, and it is very similar to the actual city. Having visited LA a couple times before, when I was playing the game, it seemed like I was actually back in LA. The layout of the city is definitely a factor in the gameplay. I noticed that in the area in the game that would be Rodeo Drive, it is evident that you see the nicest cars and stores in the game. And this area also hints at some stereotypes, for example, if you attempt to carjack a person in this area, they put up considerably less resistance than if you were to take someone's car in one of the worst neighborhoods. I actually also think that that aspect of the game is fairly interesting. I remember that I was driving by one of the areas, I think it was actually Rodeo Drive, or the mock version of it, and you're the one who told me that that section was supposed to be a Rodeo Drive. I've never actually been to LA, so I didn't know, but she even re recognized it right off the bat. Other things that are fairly recognizable are stuff like the Vinewood sign, which is what it says in the game, but it's supposed to be the Hollywood sign. This actually also leads to a bunch of other things that the game puts in that you wouldn't really expect in most video games. And by this I mean there's a bunch of specifics that make it quite realistic. Like, I remember you can actually remove the hood of a convertible car and like set it back if you want to. You can have pets or change your character's clothing and specifics like tattoos and haircuts. 
And even when you're driving a car, you can do something as simple as change the radio to, uh, let's say, R&B or hip hop or even Hispanic music, just because one of the largest things in LA stereotypically and actually is the Hispanic population. And so when I was listening to the radio, there's actually a radio that plays Hispanic music and it's all real music. I know most of the songs that are played. It makes it feel like you're playing a game in reality or at least mimicking it in some way. In fact, one of the biggest things in the game that I tried to show Sheevan when we were really looking into the specifics is the stock market. You see, the game actually comes with its own form of the internet. You can take out your phone or you can find a laptop in the game and access a bunch of different websites. And one of those websites is a virtual stock market that represents the different companies in the game. In this way, you can actually invest your character's money and see if you'll get a return or a loss. And it's so realistic that, for example, if you go to, let's say, the airport and blow up a few planes, because that's just an option you have if you want to while you're exploring the world, the stock of the airline company whose planes you blow up actually goes down, and you can expect it to come back up if you invest later in the game. Similarly, they actually tell you sometimes in missions which stocks might be affected by you completing a mission, like stealing from a jewelry store or killing a specific high-profile person, and you can make money off of this. They really aim to make all of these aspects quite realistic, honestly. Yeah, and while GTA may not be the perfect alternative reality in that there are aspects in the game that are not remotely realistic but are necessary to make the game entertaining, I think it still does a great job at creating a world that you can create an alternative universe in. And this balance that GTA has between being a game and an alternative reality is what makes it different from the typical action and life simulation video games. And that's why we wanted to look at GTA, specifically GTA 5. I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. I'd like to thank our line producer, Greer Howard, and our executive producer, David Morgan. I'm Shivan Patel. And I'm Jose Medina. Thanks for listening.